Welcome to another episode of Above Board with Canderpath. I am Matthew Marcoux, and I'm joined each week by my podcasting partners, The Rich Bee, as seen on TikTok, or Memento to the Rich Bee on the Gram. And of course, my partner at Canderpath Financial, The Prez, Mr. John Kennedy, who is apparently still recovering from his late night uh, watching the Braves. John, uh, are you with us, buddy? I got a, I got a deep voice. I got a deep voice today, guys. It's you're gonna have to. I'm I'm drinking tea, and taking shots of honey in between this. All right, let's see if we can pull it together for our awesome episode today. Notably absent today is our good friend Rich. He's dealing with a loss right now. We miss him. We think of him. We love him. Uh, when he's ready to come back, we'll uh, we'll be here with open arms. Um, today we have an awesome guest. Um, at Above Board with Canterpath, we often talk about our journey through the dis- through discipline, work ethic, happiness, and also our entrepreneurial spirit. And we noticed that running a business sometimes can feel lonely. You know, the buck stops at the top and every decision rests on your shoulders. Uh, so you can really get lost being in the weeds of your business. Um, and the things that might come out of that might surprise you. And you might not even be able to spend time on the things that you need to focus on. And so today's discussion will revolve around when and how you should hire an outside business consultant. Um, when John and I created Candor Path years ago, one of the first things we did was hire a business consultant. Um, we were so used to doing things one way, and we really needed our eyes open to looking at problems in different ways and remembering the reason we got into business in the first place. So, John, tell us a little bit about today's guest. Yes, absolutely. We are excited to have David DeSell with us. He's the president and chief growth officer at Model FA, which, among many things, is a successful coaching platform dedicated to financial advisor success. He also supports a team of world-class coaches. He is like the coach of coaches, if you will. So when he's not on the road with clients and prospects or running workshops, you can catch him brushing up on his knowledge with audiobooks and podcasts. He has a podcast of his own, the Model FA podcast, and he believes that your life is truly a culmination of the books you read and the people you spend time with. David, welcome. Well, I appreciate you having me on your show. It's a uh reciprocity at its finest if you haven't yet checked out uh the model fa podcast episode with both matt and john just a quick google search of their names and the model fa podcast uh that's a really good episode as well so i appreciate you uh reciprocating and and have me on it's so funny that you led with that because my first question was do you would you rather have spaghetti hair or mayonnaise feet which on your (laughs) podcast there was an after hours portion to it that uh, i was going to come on with like a really wacky question for you but um, that kind of leads into my first question, David, is, um, you know, you really made a name for yourself um, by using multiple um, avenues of social media, whether it be LinkedIn or YouTube or Facebook. Um, you know, you really made yourself a- available across all platforms. Talk to us a little bit about what was the culmination of that. Why, why you know, how you kind of came up with the fact that, wow, if I'm everywhere, um, I'm really going to be able to get my message out there more. Well, I appreciate that. I think um, oftentimes I don't necessarily feel that way. And that's more so me trying to like suppress ego, my ego, and also seeing other people on social media who are, are way, way bigger than uh, than I am. So the fact that you even uh, include me in that category, even to a slight degree, uh, is is nice to hear. So thank you. I think it all started with... Uh, I don't know if the folks listening have ever heard of uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, but he wrote a book called Crushing It. And it basically walked through all the current platforms at that time. This was a few years ago. 
And he talked about the idea of, hey, you can go and have these individual conversations with other individual people, or you can go and speak to a room of 20 or 100 or however many people and, and get your message out there. Uh, or you can be present on social media. So on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on whatever platform that you're using. And one, one of the things that he had said in his books is when you become omnipresent across all these platforms, your relevance increases drastically because if they log on Facebook, they see you. If they log on Instagram, they see you. If they log on LinkedIn, they see you. And what ends up happening is the more uh, experiences they have with you or, uh, see that you're doing or the value that you're providing. Like there's times now where like I can go to a conference or go speak at a company and, you know, people will come up and say hello as if they know me. Now I don't necessarily know who they are, but they feel as if they know me. And I have those type of people in my life as well, where if I saw them in person, I'd go up and act like they're my friend and they'd be like, Whoa, you know, who, who is this is, you know, who is this person? But, um, I came from an organization that was very much sales-based, uh, where whether it was the first meeting with them, asking for their business already, or asking for referrals already, and it got me through to a certain point, but it also alienated a lot of people from me, and I just knew you know, transitioning out of there, I didn't want to have that same feeling um, because it got to the point where like family and friends were, you know, answering calls and text messages less because they knew I wanted their time, their money or their network, you know, based on my role. So what social allows me to do is it allows me to get to know people, allows people to get to know me. Um, that way, when it gets to the point of doing business or getting introductions from them, it doesn't feel lopsided that, you know, the relationship feels like it's more of a natural thing to ask because you've already experienced each other, uh, you know, a lot by being connected on those platforms and also does a good job of leaving clues. So, you know, people know what I'm into. I know what they're into. So it gives people an opportunity to connect with you on a bunch of different aspects of your life. Um, and if you're adding value to them outside of what you're necessarily paid to do, they just associate you as someone of value. And therefore, when you approach them for the thing that you do get compensated for, they're just going to assume that, okay, well, if David said X, Y, and Z, and that all helped me, well, when he says A, B, and C, why, why would that not help me as well? So yeah, sure. Of course, I'm going to do business. So, uh, But it all started with the book Crushing It uh, by Gary Vaynerchuk. Well, really just like building better relationships. And you're doing that passively over time, which what I love about this conversation is this is no different than conversations we've had with you, David, for the last three years. Like that's, this is the type of stuff that you've helped coach us on. And I think obviously why we were excited to bring you on the show for, there's many reasons. We always feel like we have just kind of like a nice natural flow of conversation with you. And we talk to you a lot. Um, but as Matt mentioned, so David's our business coach and David has been our business and personal professional development coach for the last three years. And it's, this is very much like a practice what you preach kind of uh, situation. So we talk on our show, I don't know, Matt, what are we like 30 episodes in, something like that, um, you know, about putting people in your corner to hold you accountable. Like so much of our show is discipline and focus and trying to just strive to improve. Like the three of us are just trying to be better. And we're kind of documenting that journey on our show. And like David, it, like this is practice what you preach. Like David's our coach. And it doesn't have to be like a coach, coach or consultant. It could be a therapist, a mentor, a friend, a parent, like whatever. Um, 
but I'm going to shift gears just a little bit, David, because I have a question for you. Um, so because we talk so much around that, um, and you're the coach of coaches, I have a question. Do you, do you have a coach that holds you accountable? And if so, would you be willing to talk about that a little bit? That's a great question. I think that the coaches that I have, um, I have call it like different levels of coaches. So the, the main coach, uh, that I would say is my business partner, Patrick Brewer. Uh, so we meet every uh, other Monday morning. Uh, I believe it's like uh, 8 to 8.45 or 8.30 to 9.15, something like that. Um, and that's where, you know, we're holding each other accountable. We're, you know, talking about the different priorities that we have that we're working on, uh, working through any challenges together. So I would say in terms of like a coach that I actually spend time with and they spend time with me, uh, it would be Pat, but uh, coaches, mentors, you know, th things of that nature, I think that can come in a lot of different shapes and sizes. So as an example, one of my friends, uh, Tyler DeMauro, who he's an advisor, he's just an absolute psychopath in a really good way. Like he's one of the hardest workers that I know. And just in talking with him, it inspires me to work harder and, and vice versa for him. So it's more of like a reciprocal relationship. And then there's, you know, mentors that you can find through content, like what we're doing right now and what you guys have done with your podcast. So like Andy Frisella, his podcast, the MF CEO project. And then now he's doing real AF. Um, his MFCEO uh, project podcast, all 300 episodes, that if I had to pick one thing recently that has gotten me to where I am today, it's his content. So like I consider him a mentor, right? And like I was a little, mm -hmm. I acted like a little fangirl a handful of months ago because I wrote him this nice uh, like long note and I tagged him. I tagged a few other people at his company and one of the folks at his company uh, shared it on, you know, their story and tagged Andy. And then Andy saw it because he's not going to see something that I tag him in with his, you know, couple million followers or whatever. And then he reposted it. And I was like, Oh, wow. Like we kind of know each other now. Um, but my point is you don't necessarily need to know the person that you're deriving value from. So as if you're constantly learning, be it podcasts or content in general or audiobooks, actual books, whatever, like those serve as mentors too. Now, I do think that you need yeah. to have an actual human for accountability purposes because Andy's not going to know if I'm actually doing the things or not. And that's where my business partner, Pat, comes in. Uh, that's where my buddy, Tyler DeMauro, comes in. And then quite frankly, that's where you know people like, like you guys, Matt and John, you come in because I can't be coaching you to do certain things and ultimately not be doing that stuff myself as well. Otherwise, you know, I'm a fraud. So, you know, part of the accountability comes from all of my clients as well. So I, I feel like that I have multiple layers and different degrees of coaches and mentors in my life. And there's no shortage of, of ways to go get this stuff. You mentioned podcasts, there's books, there's social media. I mean, sometimes it's almost overwhelming, especially when I've come to you and said, listen, I need a, a really good motivational piece. Where do I go? And you've always given me really good advice, but they're, they're with, especially with the advent of podcasts, there's no shortage of information out there. It's, it's everywhere. You just have to find the good stuff through all of the fluff. Yeah. I will say too, cause I, I forgot to mention it. Um, but like my family as well, like my mom and dad, um, they're not necessarily mentors in the sense of like giving me strategic ideas to improve the business, but like to be able to receive like the purest form of encouragement, 
and and cheering from the sidelines, so to speak, that helps a lot. Or, you know, there's been occasions where they've served as my punching bags with them going through a rough time. So I think, you know, having folks that don't have emotion in the relationship is incredibly helpful. And I feel like folks who only focus on the emotional aspect of what's going on is is also helpful. Yeah, we talk a lot in the show. I feel like it's almost a theme now that um, I've said this so many times, and we've done an entire show about you are the average of the five people you spend the majority of your time with. So level up, like make sure <clears throat> that those five people are good people. And what's so good about our show is, you know, Rich, Matt and I, the three of us spend a lot of time together. So we kind of represent like this small group of folks that, you know, we we encourage each other, we're trying to build each other up. And we, we obviously do that throughout the show, too. Um, but I, I just think that, you know, same thing with family, like you, you know, the people that you're spending your time with their, their thoughts end up being things for you too. And, and if that's a negative thing, it could be, it could impact you in a negative way. And you talked about, um, you know, Andy Frisella's podcast. So this is like just a funny side story to that, but, uh, obviously that's where we got 75 hard from and David and I did 75 hard together. Um, <clears throat> And I observed it. I did the, did uh, I was accountability. It. I did the checking off each day. So I did participate, but I, I just, I watched. You drank a gallon of water a day for a while. Very upset about that still. And, Very upset and you that. did not, at least in, in front of me, you weren't eating any Doritos or peanut butter and jellies <laughs> to, you know, kind of tease us. Yeah. First of all, it's chips and side, salsa. Side and peanut story, butter and our coaching calls, they're all, they're all Zoom coaching calls and Matt's lunch of choice is, what is it? Peanut butter and jelly with. Freedom. Well, there are times that I need to eat on the run. So it's a peanut butter sandwich and chips and salsa and an apple, which is a really round. I mean, I have fruits and vegetables in there and protein. It's a balanced meal for a seventh grader. Yes, that is a, <laughs> that's a balanced meal for sure. But so what I was going to say is I, I don't remember if um, – I don't remember who was the one that said it. I know I reached out to you at one point because we had talked about 75 Hard before. And I was like, hey, man, I'm doing this. And I definitely felt like there was a little bit of like, okay, the pressure is like, if, if I'm going to be his personal development coach, like I'm going to have to step up and do, and I know that you had wanted to do it before. Was there even any remote part of that? Like, you know, the, your group of people pushing you into that in a positive way, obviously. So I had wanted to do it for a while. Um, and I, had every excuse in the books because 75 days for, you know, the things that you had to do is a, is a very long time. And there's always like a, a wedding or a holiday or, or an event that's mixed in there where you're like, Oh, I want to drink and eat what I want and not yeah. be restricted by this program. Um, wholeheartedly, John, I can say that the only reason that I actually did 75 hard is because I couldn't allow one of my coaching clients and friends to think that I was a wimp and say no to the challenge it. where all I do is challenge you guys every other week. And if I said no to that, I feel like you guys wouldn't take anything I said moving forward seriously. <laughs> so the reason why I started it, the reason why I got what I got out of it um, is because of your challenge. So I guess you that would be uh, putting you in the uh, mentor category as well. Well, no, but I, what, what I was getting at was just like the idea of the people that you spend a lot of time. Obviously, you, you, coach, you coach a lot of folks and you don't spend like a significant amount of time with us, but we do talk to you twice a month and we do um, exchange a lot of ideas. And I feel like that's just, that's a, it's a reciprocal thing. Like the positivity goes back and forth. 
you're our coach, but that was something cool that you got out of it. But what I was going to say is like listening to Andy's podcast, um, which is where we kind of heard of the whole 75 hard thing altogether. Um, my wife started listening to them like a couple of weeks ago. Right. And she came home and she's like, is this what you've been listening to for the last like three years? I'm like, yeah, I told you like, and she goes, you sound like him. And really what, what, you know, I, I just over the years of listening to him, apparently like I mimic certain, certain phrases or whatever, but how, how weird is that? Like, I just, I just listen to his pie and I don't catch every one of them, but you know, once, once every couple of weeks, I try to download or listen to him. And her response was, this sounds like something you would say. And that's a, that's a good thing. Even though I don't even know who that person, like I've never physically met him before. That's like a positive influence on you. That's, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, it is cool. It's, um, listen, if you don't have an opportunity to level up your circle of folks, like directly around you, um, there's plenty of other folks out there that are putting out great content that you can just basically pretend to be their friend and respect what they have to say. And then you can be what that person is for you for the other folks around you as well. So it's just a if you're always learning, if you're always trying to sharpen the saw, like it's, it's, it's tough to not find success. However you define success for yourself. Um, but the moment in time that you stop that stuff, you know, there's a saying that will kind of explain what I'm trying to say, uh, that stuck with me. You're either, um, uh, green and growing or ripe and rotting. So the moment you start to stop learning is the moment that you start to, your mind starts to rot, right? It's why even little things, they have people who are, you know, a little bit older. They're like, Hey, you know, do some crosswords or some Sudoku or whatever. It's like, just keep the wheels turning so that, you know, you last longer. And, you know, that starts as early as, you know, you, you can start learning, you know, as a kid. Matt, you're doing that right now. <laughs> So, so no, no, I'm, but I'm you're playing. Doing, you're doing like you're doing chess on the side, like just yes, yeah. yes. Evening chess. It, only reason is to keep the brain juices flowing. And uh, yeah, you're right. I, I. It sounds like you guys are really supportive, like right now on our podcast. But when I mentioned this, there was a lot of giggling <laughs> and laughing. And so I, you know, listen. I think we're supposed to be above board here, which means we're all supposed to be honest. So don't give me kudos for playing chess at night. When you guys laughed and made fun of me. That's because uh, I'm jealous. I just want to be invited. Just let me complain. Yeah, it's a it's a mix of, you know, playing chess and just needing a breather and, you know, some fresh air at the end of the night. It is. It is. So that brings up a really good point. Um, we know that you're a really avid reader. Um, and you've, throughout the years for us, provide us with some amazing, um, like when we have a problem, you know exactly like the book. You know, you might not have like the exact Every words, time. but the book Every single time. And, and the last one you, you referred us to was, um, was the David Goggins book. And it was because John and I were in a rut and we were not, you know, we were kind of, John was over with 75 hard. So his workout regimen had changed. I hadn't worked out in a while and just was in this like blah state. And you, you just knew the right thing at the right time to throw out to us. We, we both read his book in a matter of, I don't know, a week or two. Um, and it would just revived. It was, it was just an amazing, uh, it was the right thing at the right time. Can we talk about, your um your not your willingness to read your 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 avid reading nature and what it means to you and and how you're coming up with these books and were you always a, a reader or is this something new Can you give us a little background on that yeah so in middle school high school college basically anytime uh a book 
because books were never like suggested at those ages, they were required. Um, so whether it be summer reading or books throughout the year, quite frankly, I would always find a cute girl that also thought that I was cute. And I would ask her for a quick summary so I could raise my hand at the beginning of class and say, you know, my one liner and then be safe for the rest of the time. Um, or getting help with, you know, book reports and stuff like that. Like I could honestly say, I think, you know, between high school and college, I maybe read two or three books cover to cover, like, like no, no lie whatsoever. Like I, I, I did not read, like I had cousins who like, you know, would get the Harry Potter book the day it came out and stay up for two days and finish it. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Right. And then, um, I started, uh, reading a little bit more once I graduated and they were more like business oriented books, um, or financial services oriented books, uh, around business development and things like that. And then I discovered audiobooks. So when I started my business, I was kind of in a precarious position in terms of like leaving my current, uh, you know, uh, uh, advisor position going into consulting. And it was kind of a monumental moment of like, Hey, this is up to you. And there was no one that I had in my world that had ha made a similar move that I knew of at that time anyways. So I just kind of decided to drown myself in, in books. I was going through a kind of a tough time personally as well. So it, was, it served as like a distraction for me and I could multitask. And what I mean by multitask is I could go out for a walk, go out for a run, go and work out um, and still listen to to, to books. So I remember, you know, a few years ago when I first started, like I found myself going on like between eight and 12 mile walks every day because I wouldn't stop until the book was done. It was like this weird game I was playing with myself. Mm. Um, and I would pick a particular topic. So call it marketing. And I, you know, just type into Google, like top marketing audiobooks. And I would, you know, pick a couple, download them, listen to them. Every time you finish one, it says similar titles as this one. And then you just kind of get lost in the ecosystem of that topic. And oftentimes, if a particular aspect of that topic wasn't overly clear to me, it would click when I heard someone else talk about something similar. So it kind of gives you everyone's perspective. So it's like, if you want to, you know, improve your client experience, you should, you know, listen to the book. Uh, uh, called Delivering Happiness. If you are talking about building out a team, it's the book, Who Not How. If you're looking for personal development, it's Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, as you mentioned. If you're looking for uh, employee uh, retention and inspiration, it's The Dream Manager uh, that you should read. So now it's like, I, I know all those books and I recommend them so much. So I, it, it, it's a good feeling to have when someone asks for a particular book recommendation where they're like, hey, which book should I read? And my immediate question is, well, what are you looking for? And as soon as they tell me that topic, it's like, okay, I got one staple book and I got, you know, three, four, five more. But yeah, last year, I think I, I think it was like 170 books that I listened to this year. Uh, it's up over a hundred. It's a little bit less uh, in terms of like, you know, annualized, um, you know, since last year. But uh, yeah, if I could, if I can listen to 50 to a hundred books a year, um, I'd be happy. And not only does it, feel good to consume all those books but it also shows people like you like the 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 clients that I serve that I'm continuously learning and I'm continuously trying to be the best that I can be 
in order to better serve the folks that I'm coaching. And when I got into consulting, I was 27, I'm 31 now. And I was coaching like 40, 50, 60 year old advisors. So like I had to be on top of my game and I had to know more than them because they had more experience than me. So I had to come prepared with new ideas and there's plenty of ideas and, you know, podcasts and audiobooks. So it's just, uh, it's become sort of like a, like a avenue for me to always be learning, but learning things that I want to learn as opposed to in school. I'm like, this is pointless. Like, why are we reading this book? I'm just not going to do it. I think, yeah, that, that's so cool. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was John. just going to say, I think that's why Matt and I really identify with you with something you said is <clears throat> like, you're working with advisors that are in their forties, fifties, and sixties, we're 34 and 41. And you know, we, we, I've, I've been in the industry since I was 21 and we've been working Wait, with Matt, retirees. Matt's only 41. I thought, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> was I not supposed to, uh, big guy. was I not supposed to say that? We'll fix it and post edit. But um, my Jesus. point was like, we've been working with clients for a long time where at some point, early, especially early on in our career, there was, you had to kind of get over that imposter syndrome and realize like, no, I'm, I am good at what I do. I'm knowledgeable at what I do. I'm credentialed. Um, and I've done this enough. And I, I think that's, that's something that we were really attracted to and working with you because, um, you, you kind of identify with that same, that same similar feeling. I, I had a, I had a question though, cause you have, so you've got like this, I was going to use the word crazy. That's not fair, but this, this power list that is, um, intense. I would say I saw it last week or two weeks ago, you sent me your, your list of things that you like to do. And for those who don't know, it's just kind of like <clears throat> this daily list of check checkpoints of things that you do during your day. Some are some are smaller, some are some are more complicated, and we can get into what those are. But like, how did you even get to this point that where you're at? Like, you know, starting as as a as a consultant at 27, being so disciplined to have a daily power list. Like, what what happened for you in your life to have that type of self motivation and drive? to be doing this. Cause no one's holding your feet to the fire to do this stuff. You are, that's it. Like you don't have an employer telling you to do this stuff. You're doing this stuff. So, um, throughout my life in, you know, high school, college, uh, whatever, whether like, even though I wasn't reading books, I was still getting, you know, good grades, at least in high school college, I was, you know, having a little bit more fun than I was, uh, studying, but um, I played sports all throughout my life up until college. So I always had a certain degree of, I guess, competitiveness and drive. But I found myself as I reflect back, always hitting a particular like ceiling and unintentionally self sabotaging myself. So whether it be, you know, with baseball, I, I was a pretty good baseball player, but and I was a pitcher, but I didn't do all like the stretches and the band exercises that I could have done to keep my arm healthier. And therefore my arm got messed up and that's why I stopped, stopped playing baseball. Right. So there's been, or, or even as an advisor, there would be times where I'd make a bunch of money and my account would be nice and flush and I take the foot off the gas and then that money would get depleted and there would be no more money coming in. So I'd kind of always experienced these ebbs and flows uh, that were, are, were pretty long uh, winded. So like, um, you know, when things were good, they were good for a month or two and things were bad, they were bad for two or three or four months. Right. So I, I, I was struggling kind of like 
getting into the groove, but I was quote unquote successful enough to where no one really called me out for it. It was like my own sort of problems that where it's like, no, I know I can do this up here. I'm still doing more than some of my peers are, but I could be doing way more. So it was more of like an internal battle. And then back in uh, 2017, um, I had gotten married in September. Um, and then six months later, you know, we decided that it, it wasn't working. So it was just a married for like a hot second. So scratch that itch real quick. And, and then, you know, we headed out. So um, back in, I want to say it was February or March, excuse me, of 2018 is when I moved out. Um, now I moved out. Um, I was in one of those moments where I wasn't doing well, you know, with work and I was starting a brand new business. So I had no income. Um, I had no spouse and I was going and moving in with my dad. And this is actually kind of funny. So I got a new phone the other day and, um, I traded in my other phone and I was like, oh crap, I forgot to transfer over. Like you need the same phone for like the Google authenticator app or whatever. So I dug out my phone from prior that I still had. And I was just like scrolling through the pictures and I came across, I rem and I remember screenshotting this, uh, on that day because I was like, this is going to be something that I'm going to look back on and be like, my mind's going to be blown as to like where I was compared to where I am now. So I remember moving out. Um, I had no income because I just started, you know, my new business literally in the same week of moving out. Um, I had over $40,000 in credit card debt. And the screenshot that I took was I had four different checking and savings accounts all of which added up to just over $11. Wow. And that wow. was that was March of 2018. Um, and then you so 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 I I remember and my family has told me this too which uh it it makes me like feel really like proud not to sound egotistical but like really proud of myself because they were like, that was a defining moment in your career, in your life. Like you could have used the divorce excuse for everything for a while and just got in a rut, or you could do what you did. And looking back, I made a decision at that point, And I was like, well, this situation is going to define me. And it's up to me whether it defines me for the good or defines me for the bad. So when I started the business, I would listen to a bunch of books, listen to a bunch of podcasts. I was living with my dad. Part of the reason why I went out for, you know, eight to 12 miles at a time to, you know, for a walk and to listen to, uh, that content was because I just needed to get out of my dad's house for a little bit and, uh, whatnot. Um, go ahead. Yeah. You, you didn't know this at the time, but we, we, we hired you probably shortly after that. Um, you know, uh, I don't know when somewhere May, June, July, August, we, we started like in March of 2018. Also. Right there. And, yeah. and you were, you, you were in a zoom and you're at your house. I'll never forget this. And, um, you were still up North. I know you live now in Florida cause you follow Tom Brady wherever he goes. Um, but you, um, you were, and you, we asked, uh, like, where are you? What was your background? And, and we could see like an apartment and you're like, Oh, and you kind of said like, I live with my, I live with my dad right now because we're, I have a lot going on and you know, you, you were, we were your clients. So of course you're going to make it. And I don't think you knew this at the time, but we both lost our dads um, at a relatively young age, both John and myself and actually rich as well. 
And we, I think we had a conversation about it, or maybe John and I had a, a about, and you were kind of downplaying a little bit, like, yeah, I live with my dad. And we were both thinking in our heads, like, wow, if we could like hang with our dads right now, that would be so cool. And you took it at, I think at the time, not embarrassment's not the right word, but you were like downplaying that, like, yeah, I live with my dad. And we were both in our heads, like, man, what I, what would I give to live with, like, just hang out with so- my dad right now? I, I'm so glad that you brought that up because when I was thinking about living situations, I was like, well, I can risk it and try and get an apartment on my own, but that's just going to add extra stress. And, um, uh, so I decided that I was going to, my dad was like, just move in here. And I remember my buddy, Tyler DeMora, who I referenced before, I remember complaining to him. I was like, I got to go live with my dad. Like this sucks. Da, da, da. And he had just recently lost his dad. And he's like, not to be a jerk, but like, I wish I could go live with my dad. And it totally changed my perspective to where the year and a half, two years that I I lived with him was probably one of the best one and a half to two year periods of my entire life. And it just like, I thank him all the time for just shifting my perspective on that. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm glad that you brought yeah, that up. Yeah, it was it was cool. And again, it was one of those things. And I think we all live with these things that we have insecurities or fears about, and we don't know what the person, oftentimes on the other side of the microphone or on the other side of the table, are going through. And sometimes they're either similar or an opposite in nature. In which case, in this case, it was an opposite. But we we looked at it as a positive. Like, man, that's that is super cool. You're getting a life back together, and you're doing it with something that both John and I wish we had still have the ability to have that that sort of connection so yeah that's that's really cool i also think can i um i was just gonna say i also think that's why we find so many parallels with you man you know like i i suppose i didn't realize i I didn't know all that story that you just shared with us until just now um at least all the details to it and we started candor path the same basically the month and year that you that you started your life over and it was a very much like okay like, this is what we're doing. And you kind of burn the bridges behind you. And, you know, what's that What's that saying? Like, you burn the boats and, like, whatever. We did whatever that thing is. Like, there was no going back. Like, you made that decision. You had to move forward. And that had to be some of what, some, some of what drives you today now because you knew, like, there's nowhere else to go but up. Like, I got I to gotta find a way to get there. Well, it was also um, just to kind of tie a bow on on a little bit of that, of that backstory. Like you got eleven dollars, you got forty grand in credit card debt, you got all these numbers calling you all the time, asking for money, all that type of stuff. Um, no money yet from you know doing consulting because um, I was still getting to know people and you know things like that. So while it was ramping up, I would you know play consultant uh, from like four thirty in the morning until probably like two or three in the afternoon, that'd be a mixture of creating content, um, you know, increasing connections and followers on the various platforms. Um, you doing, I was doing free coaching to try and like give people a taste as to what it would be like. And then at night, probably like six or seven till, you know, 10 or 11 o'clock at night, I drove with Uber almost every single night. And then on the weekend, I was digging trenches for a telecommunications company. Um, and it just, it was like a, because in my prior career, I was wearing custom suits. I was, you know, going out to nice dinners. I was doing all this stuff. So it was like a big piece of humble pie. And then I look at my situation now, you know, financially, it's 
night and day, no credit card debt, bunch of money, you know, saved up. And it, I feel like it allows me to, in everything that I'm doing moving forward, it allows me to be more open to continuing to take risks. Cause I was like, well, I've been there. That's not like it sucked in the moment, but like I'm capable of getting out of it. So why not risk it to keep on growing? Because if I ever got to that point again, like I'm good, I'm capable. I, I, it's, it's almost like going back then, but knowing everything I know now, like I'd get out of it that much faster. So, um, but yeah, that was, that was probably the, I have never been happier than when I got divorced because it started my, it was like a reset button. It just started my whole life over and I got to be who I was. I'd say the only other time that, you know, that reset button was hit to was follow Tom Brady. to Florida. And I was just like, well, to follow Tom Brady and to, you know, of course be, <laughs> you know, closer to you too. Um, but it was like a, I got no family down here. Like my, my dad's got a condo down here, but he lives up north and I get to just start anew. I get to make new friends. I get to meet new people. I met my girlfriend down here. So those two moments, uh, I was proud of myself for a, uh, you know, picking myself up out of a ditch, no pun intended from digging trenches, um, while also having the confidence to just pack a suitcase in a backpack and drive from Massachusetts to Florida and start another life down here. That's awesome, man. Um, I, I love the story. I love the journey. Um, and, and kind of going back to the question that John originally asked, um, and, and my dad gave me a really cool piece of advice um, a long time ago. And he said, Matt, the, the world runs on the ability, and he didn't say this eloquently, but he said, the, the world runs on the ability to hold a conversation. Meaning that to be successful in life, one of the elements is to be able to hold a conversation with somebody. It's to be able to connect with people. Th that's so incredibly important. You don't have to be mentally strong as much if you are able to ask questions and be a good listener and hold a conversation like that's that's an incredibly important skill so i i know going back to your power list sort of related to that um you have on yours is specifically to call two people per day to advance relationships talk a little bit about um this power list talk about why that's so incredibly important to you david i might have copy and pasted and sent it to matt before this you're good. You're good. Um, yeah. So I think, um, there's two things with that. So one is I like to advance two relationships per day. Now, when I say advance two relationships, that's business specific. Um, so that can be, um, as simple as, you know, sharing a, a podcast with someone, it could be a call to check in, it could be an email, it could be a small gift. Um, and the whole idea is that, when I, in my prior career, I only talked to people when I needed something from them. And this is to uh, make sure that they know that I value them as another human being in my life and not just what they can provide for me. So I want them to feel special every time we interact. Now, the other component of it is, uh, so that's advanced to relationships a day. The other one is call someone to check in. And, um, you know, that is on, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, that's on the personal side. So it could be my grandmother. It could be a, a friend that I haven't talked to in a while. And like, if, if, like whenever someone will answer the phone, if they haven't heard from me in a little bit, 
uh, and they're like on my list to check in with that day, they're so happy when they answer the phone. They're like, oh my God, it's, it's David. Or, and I, I feel that same way when, when people reach out to me that I haven't chatted in a while. Um, and then my, my dad and I talk pretty much uh, every day. He's usually the one that initiates that in the morning. And then um, I'm not perfect at it, but I try and make it a point to call my mom uh, every day as well. Um, I just, as I, as I get older, I can start to see like how much more important those relationships are to continue to foster and not like take it for granted. So I think that it does a lot for the person, uh, on the receiving end. Um, but quite frankly, it, it does the most for me. Like it makes me feel good. And, um, being in Florida and not having like a, a, ton of friends and family, you know, comparatively speaking to Massachusetts, where, where I grew up, um, it keeps me connected and, you know, keeps me sane. So I think it's, I try and have a, a goal to, and this is directly from the book, Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea. Um, you just got to, every time you interact with someone, make it, make them feel like it's their birthday. And if you do that, it doesn't matter what you're offering, what you need or anything like that. Like they're gonna be there for you. Um, so it's just passing out smiles. That's all, man. That's an important reminder for people to hear. Cause honestly, like, and I think even we forget that sometimes, like just passing out smiles and being friendly to other people around you. Um, it makes other people feel good and vice versa. Like if you have like negative energy, it like, it makes people kind of stressed out. There's even this, there's, there's even this, um, you guys have got a kick out of this cause you don't know this. So, um, first of all, moving to Florida, I start shopping at Publix. If anyone from Publix is listening right now, you have, an, you do an amazing job at training your employees to be friendly. I'm like, holy cow. You guys I will are pay whatever nicest. premium they have I, for just because it's a pleasurable. Experience. I will not Publix, get contact groceries. me for sponsorship, please. Thank you. <laughs> I, I will not get groceries delivered because it takes away from that experience. But anyway, so there is this uh, older woman uh, named Maria and um, she was like the door greeter or whatever at, at Publix. Uh, super sweet. She was always super nice. And I had just moved there. So like, feeling that like made me feel really good. So one day um, I bought her flowers. I was like, Hey, you've been super nice to me. Every time I walk in, she's probably thinking, well, yeah, I'm nice to everyone when they walk in. Um, but she, <laughs> but she made it, she made me feel special. And I was like, how can I reciprocate? So um, I bought her flowers uh, from Publix. And <laughs> I was like, I was like, Hey, like I'm David. I just want you to know that you do such a good job making my day and, and others day. I wanted to make your day. And that was about a year ago. And I go in there, I go in there a lot to, you know, for shopping, but, um, every other week for the last year, she's gotten flowers from me. She's like my, my Florida grocery store mom. Wow, um, that's sweet. and that's like, so, cool. so now like she knows my mom, uh, cause when my mom's with it, I'm like, you gotta go come meet Maria. She, you know, she knows my girlfriend very well. She always asks what we're cooking. So it's just like, like she has a special place in my heart and, and vice versa. And I have nothing to gain from her, but when you do that, you know, karma in other areas, I think kind of, you know, comes around and takes care of you. So, and what's that, you know, 20 bucks every other week. It's not a big deal. Yeah, it opens your eyes to other opportunities. I kind of had something similar. I, I had a, a friend who, whose mother passed away and I, I saw it online. You know, it was, it was a, I hadn't seen this friend in 20 years. And with online, you have like everything's accessible. So I found out 
when and where the service was going to be just by poking around online. It's very easy to find. And without talking to him or doing anything, I sent flowers to the funeral. And this is up in New York and we live in Florida. And the, like the message I got back, I, I didn't do it to get the message back, but it, it was so, it felt so good. And it just, it opened your eyes. How, how else can I achieve this feeling? And the guy was so incredibly thankful and not a lot of people intended because of COVID and you know, all the things that were going on. And all I did, you know, it gave me like a really nice note and it was, I, I just kind of gave him a thumbs up afterwards. Like this is, this is like, this made me feel so good that it impacted your family and impacted you so much. Um, and so finding these like little things to do for people, it's easy once you get into the right mindset of just, of just doing it, just, just go and do it. Well, I have, I have like an opposite story to share that happened to me this morning oh, you guys have like all these nice positive stories. I go to <laughs> Starbucks and obviously, you know, that's, everyone knows that's my addiction. And I had to actually channel like channel my inner David and 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 Rich because you you and Rich I'd, I'd love for you guys to meet at some point because you guys are just so positive all the time. So I walk in, I hold the door open for the gentleman behind me, and I'm like smiles. I'm in a good mood. The Braves won Game Two last night, and I open the door for him, holding the door, smiles. I mean, the look this guy—if looks could kill—the looks that this guy gave me is like if I murdered somebody in his family. And instantly, like, I got mad. Like, and that, but, but all I'm, I'm saying that to show, like, how infectious that could be, both positive and negative. I was in a good mood. I was being polite. I said, Hey, good morning. How you doing? Open the door. And this guy didn't say a word to me and stared me down so angry. Maybe I cut him off in the parking lot and, and stole his parking spot. I don't know. But he was so mad and immediately made me mad. And I wanted to be like, What? Screw this guy. Like, I wanted to say something. And then I just channeled my inner David and Rich and just said, like, keep smiling because, like, you pass out those smiles and more often than not, it'll be a positive one. But it just goes to show, like, the negative can influence people, too. Yeah. So we got to try to not stay to, uh Not to turn this into a coaching session, but I'm Please. by no means perfect in this either. But in that moment, I try my best to immediately switch from anger to empathy and be like, I can't imagine what that guy's life has been like for him or his day has been like for him to be acting like that after I put out all that positive energy, say a quick little, you know, mental prayer for him. And it totally shifts your mood. Cause at the end of the day, you do need to be selfish about your mood because as you just referenced, your mood impacts others as well. Um, and you can't let people, you know, take that away from you. Like even my girlfriend, she started doing this and um, I hopped on it. This just happened this week. Um, and it was funny. Um, so the other day she was like, um, she got out of bed and I got up too. And, and she's like, tell, say, say to yourself that you're going to have a great day. And I was like, okay. And she's like, no, 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 say it out loud. And I was like, I'm going to have a great day. So this morning, uh, she woke up before me and I was still sleeping and I was woken up by her standing up, up you know, out of the bed and my eyes were still closed. And all I heard was, I'm going to have a great day. And I like immediately I like smiled and woke up and I was like, Oh my God, that was awesome. And then when I actually got up out of bed, she had already left. And I was, I literally by myself, I was like, I'm going to have a great day. Um, so like little things like that, you can play tricks on yourself and just, um, you're, you're so in control of your emotions. Um, if you're in like a state of awareness to where, 
you're doing all those little tricks. Like I'm going to have a great day or calling someone to make their day. So it makes your day. And that's part of the reason why I would say most people around me think that I'm always happy, which I would say most of the time I am, I still get stressed. I still get angry. I got to put myself in check, but it's because you're doing all these little things throughout the day that makes you happy. Like I don't take client meetings typically until 10 AM. So I can spend the morning doing what I want to do. Right. So I can secure my mask before helping others, you know, so to speak. So you have so much control over your mood and your happiness and your success. It's just given the crap enough to do what you already know what you need to do and what, whatever you think you don't know, you'll find out by just doing the things that you do know, because it will open up your mind, you know, to other things that are out there. It's a hundred percent in your control. Well, I'm like trying to hold back the smile because I <clears throat> obviously a appreciate the, um, the free mini coaching session. I think everybody listening does too. And I will definitely not deploy, um, passive aggressive sarcasm at that person next time like I did <laughs> in that circumstance, because you are right. It should have been more, uh, introspective and, and empathetic. So, and I've done the hold the door open and then, you know, they're angry and they'll walk by and I'll be like, you're welcome. You know, like the, <laughs> like we, like we're all human, and we need to give ourselves a pass. But when that becomes the norm, then you got to fix it. But like, yeah, we're all do the, you know, it's okay to, you know, yell every now and again or get mad. But but it's like, are you going to get mad? It's almost like my ebbs and flows that I was talking about before, where you know I'd be on a high for a month or two, and then I'd be on a on more of a lull for two or three months or four months. Now it's like something or something like that before, like getting angry um, would last a day or a week or a few days or something like that. And now it's like, hey, it, you're, it's okay to be angry, but like for two seconds, three seconds, like like reframe immediately. And that's why I said be empathetic instead of angry. And then all of a sudden, and then and then you just say a, a and my girlfriend again got me into this too. But then you just say a quick little mental prayer for them, like. No one's mad after they pray, yeah. you know, like, sure. Hey, whatever's going on in their day, you know, please send them some love so that it can be fixed and they can, um, you know, enjoy the rest of their day. Just something small like that. And you're like, ah, that felt good. Like it sounds hokey, but like try it consistently. And I promise you it'll work. David, you have wisdom beyond your years, my friend. All right. Where can people find you? What's the best, obviously like the model FA podcast, where else yep. can people find you? Um, so going back to what you said before, I will brag a little bit. Um, so all you have to do is Google David DeCell, uh, D-E-C-E-L-L-E, and all of my social links are on that first page. I would say that the one I am most uh, engaged on and interactive with, uh, if you have any questions or um, you have any resources that you want to share with me, I'm always open to learning, uh, would be Instagram, which is just at David underscore DeSell. Um, I'm always open to have a conversation. Uh, if I can be of service or if you think you can be of service or you just want to chat about whatever, I'm, I'm happy to chat. So I would say Instagram is probably the, the best place. Um, and then if there happens to be you know, any advisors listening, modelfa.com uh, would be the website to go there. But uh, even even just starting with Instagram, we can actually get to know each other, see if we like each other enough to start to build a relationship or, you know, hop on the phone. So I would say Instagram would be the best one. 
I love it, man. I love it. And thanks for, thanks for jumping on, on this and doing this. This was fun. Yeah. We, we love talking with you and, and we knew that it would be a good conversation for people. I think, I don't know, like we haven't named it yet, but I kind of want to name it passing out smiles. Like I, I think that's, I kind of like that or shop at Publix and we can get some sponsorship dollars. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, hey, on behalf of myself, uh, the Rich B and Matt, David, we appreciate you coming on the show with us, man. You are just a true pleasure and delight. Everybody, thanks for listening to Above Board with Candor Path. We will catch you next time. See ya.